from the Finling Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. From the gun, quick lob over the top. Edwards reaches up and grabs it. Touchdown! Jackpot, baby! Balls out. Fumble, fumble! And Hunter Renfro picks it up and he's down at the 40-yard line of the Raiders. Hunter Renfro saved the day. Round two. Dead on. Yes! The Raiders sideline explodes. I give a jackpot, partner. Jackpot! There you go. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours here. We're tracking two NFL games. Yep, it's a Tuesday. It's kind of crazy. Football team out to the good start against the Eagles. Catching a bunch of points just depends on when you bet the game. Right now, Washington 10-0 on the Eagles. Game's going head-to-head, both on Fox. That's stupid, but that's what the NFL did here. Uh, Rams and Seahawks is the game we're getting locally. I think up on Sunday Ticket, you can watch both games. I just saw uh, our buddy JT the Brick with a split-screen shot up on Twitter. So if you're going home now and you want to watch both games, it looks like you can do the split screen. The Rams are leading 3-0 over the Seahawks before the half. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Willie, I saw a lot of people yesterday saying they love the doubleheader on a Monday night and said it's inevitable that we're going to have doubleheaders in the NFL on Monday nights. Do you like that? I don't mind it. I just think that at some point we're going to get the – I mean, I guess with the teams and the organizations better can better prepare ahead of time. You're not thrust into, you know, that, that situation like the Raiders and the Browns were and getting uptight Mark Davis that it ended up not working against them. Um, I guess if they prepare for it, I, th- I definitely see why the fans would love it. Um, Which fans? Which fans? East NFL Coast, fans. East Coast and Central, because for West Coast fans, it sucks. Why does it suck for West I Coast? I think two fans? o'clock a two o'clock start is completely. Oh, ridiculous. you're talking let's, about let's, the time. Wait, no. Yeah. Okay, I mean, no, no. Let me change. If they, if they, they want, no, no, no. want to flip the time or move yes. the time up, yes. Play, no, 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 no. play the traditional Monday Night Football game earlier and give us yes. Freaking no, 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 Give us no, no, no. in the Pacific time zone a seven o'clock start, not two in the afternoon. No, 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 no. That was di- and as I just said. Everybody would be better prepared, meaning the NFL, the teams, everything prepared. Remember when? Are they still don't they still do that? Right? Every the first Monday night, get, yeah, uh, do the first Monday night. Yeah, that and, that uh, schedule. And we, we get a game closer to our time. Right. Frame. So instead of a, a five whatever Pacific, five twenty Pacific, five fifteen Pacific, you do it at maybe four fifteen, four thirty, and then seven. And even if it overlaps a little bit, but. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not at 2 and the normal time. Absolutely not. I'm talking about the way that they do it in week one, I think would be fantastic. Number four. Is there anyone dumber and dumber in the National Football League than one Antonio Brown who decided yesterday to tweet out that he was going to post a video of his vaccination like, bro, just let it go. You serve your time. You're on the edge here being out of the league, at least for the rest of this year. I was going to say, who gives this guy advice? Clearly, no one does. And I've, I've used this line a million times. I mean, just, dude, break his phone. Don't let him use social media. He can't control himself. Well, and the thing is, 
let's go beyond um, vaccinations and the booster. I mean, when I go get lab work done, years and years and years ago, I want when when Snapchat first came out. I used to always want to put, you know, chronicle the day, sort of come cut <laughs> the, video. My, my, yeah, so I would video your say, trip to the doctor. They said you can't. They said you can't. HIPAA rules. I mean, what is, why is he nobody special? You can't do that. So especially now with COVID and and just in general and clinics and whatever, I don't care who you are. I, I can't imagine that that's legal. I mean, and, and if you give special privilege to him, it's gonna that would cause a little bit more of a problem. But yeah, no, let's get off your soapbox. It's the end of the season, and you know, it's a, little, a bit of a drama, drama, drama king. Number three. Uh, as I said a little earlier, division is certainly up for grabs if COVID takes hold of a couple of teams. The teams on the bottom, Raiders and Broncos, no real issues now. My God, though, the chi- uh, check that. The Chargers, Joey Bosa is going to miss another game. Eckler is iffy. That's an issue with the Chargers. And now the Chiefs have Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and others on the list. All of a sudden, this division, and I'm not saying be happy about COVID running rampant around the National Football League, but nothing is a given in this division. Nothing's a given, but yet, and, and I mean, I know – the point spread has nothing to really do, but realistically, the odds makers isn't that one of the first things that we here in Las Vegas sort of look at when when something like, well, why is the line this? Then the line's still eight. It's eight, you know, at home against Pittsburgh. And I, <coughs> excuse me. I think what we're seeing and what we're learning with, as I mentioned with Sam P, with Cleveland, they remain competitive. Yes, they were playing the Raiders. What we're learning right now with the football team, they're leading the Chiefs at home, head and shoulders above Pittsburgh. And I get what you're saying. If it were to run rampant, it would continue. And where are we headed down the stretch of this season? But um, I, I just don't know how much, you know, I think I think if it's going to hit a team, they're going to benefit if it hits them earlier in the week. And they know, obviously, and they, they're preparing. And I think the season that we're in um, – Teams and smart coaching staffs are, are preparing for things like that. You're seeing rotations at practice. You're seeing second and third string guys maybe work with the first string guys. So they sort of understand a little bit more. And as we get closer to the postseason, I think we're going to see that you're going to have reserves that are better prepared just in case, across, especially in the trenches, because you got – Five guys, right? You got you got your offensive line, you got your defensive line, you got the those offensive line rooms, the defensive line. They're together. They're in bigger groups. So those practice squad guys, those second, third string guys, I think that they're going to be working with the starters a little bit more down the stretch. Number two. Raiders win that game yesterday or the Browns lose it? I think the Raiders won that game. I don't think that the Browns lost it because I think that the, as we were on there watching it, we kept saying – the Raiders, you know, they didn't look spectacular, but I thought Derek Carr had a relatively good game. He had he had some some great moments throughout, um, and I think that they were in control. I think the Browns were scrambling a little bit, and maybe it was because of their lack of personnel, but I do believe that the Raiders won. They almost gave that game to the Browns. If you'd asked me that same question in reverse, if the Browns made the comeback, I would have said that the Raiders lost it because the Raiders gave it away. But I thought that the Raiders 
for the most part. And, I mean, we were paying attention as much as we could, um, considering we were on the air. But, no, I think that the Raiders won it, and I think they earned it. And I think that Derek Carr has earned the right to where, you know, when you're watching a game, Steve, and you're it's a Sunday – and, you know, how many times have you watched a game involving Mahomes or in, uh, involving Brady and you see a team driving, against, uh, uh, you know, against Tampa Bay or when he was with New England, uh, meaning Brady, or against Kansas City, and you look at the clock and go, they're driving too fast. They're going to give him too much time. They're going to give him – I think Carr's earned the label to where you say you might be giving Derek Carr too much time. This guy's got a fourth-quarter comeback. He's getting. He's got a long list of them. And he did it again yesterday. He put him in the right spot, and Carlson finished it off. Number one. I think you're over your skis a little bit on... Are you saying you believe Carr with three minutes left is one of those guys? Uh, uh, yes, I am. Okay. Three minutes? Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, know he's had, I know he's had 28 fourth quarter comebacks. Um, I don't believe he's one of those guys. I'm not saying he's not dangerous, but there's a special group where you crap yourself if your team scores too quickly, which it sounds ridiculous, but there are certain special guys. I mean, to be honest, yesterday I tweeted out uh, right before we were on the air, but right before the Raiders got the ball back, uh, you know, 345 left, can they go get the job done? And I had a feeling something was going to go wrong. Now, he threw the interception, the defense came up big, and he did with a second chance get the job done. I think he's close to that group. I'm not sure he's in that group, but I'll tell you this. The fact that he walked over to the defense and he was like, get me the ball back, I'm going to win it, or you know, something to that effect, I thought that was really cool. And anyone who thinks that's you know cheesy or not the thing to do, I mean, to me, that's what a leader does. And if it helped the defense get a little more inspired, go ahead and do it, Derek Carr. Here are your active leaders. And this is so. This is in order of active players: Brady, Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Tannehill, Dalton, Wilson, and Carr. Out of all those guys, Carr is the youngest in terms of when he came in the league, 2014. He is on the brink of passing Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson uh, yesterday was 23 for Carr. I believe. So, Russell Wilson has 24. He came in the league in 2012. Andy Dalton's got 24. He came in the league in 2011. Tannehill came in the league 2012. He's got 25. He is right on the brink of passing these guys, and he's been in the league a couple of years less than them. The next one in line would be Matthew Stafford. He's 10 back, and he's been in the league five years less than Matthew Stafford. I absolutely think, and you use the benchmark three minutes, you you give Derek Carr the ball back with three minutes and the chance to drive them down to put him in field goal position, right? That's what you're saying, to win the game. Yep. So Okay, uh, yeah, I absolutely think that he belongs in the same category as the guys, the active guys that are above him. He is now, he is, he and he's been there because he's proven it. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Caulfield, your conflict of interest now as the UNLV sideline reporter. Congrats on that gig. But the 
way in which you are on air and softball analysis, everything to do with the UNLV programs, both football uh, and basketball. This old saying is, if you don't have anything good to say about anybody, tell it to Tyler Bischoff. He'll use it. Festivus is this Wednesday. Call us live on the show or air your grievances whenever you want by calling 702-473-0050 and leaving a voicemail. Got to call that number by tomorrow around 11 a.m. And then after that, it's all live calls. Festivus, live from the Thomas and Mac, where we will, as the caller said, softball everything when we talk about UNLV sports, because that's what we do. Willie Ramirez is getting ready to cover a Golden Knights game, the last one, we think, for a short amount of time. Willie, this break, so they're taking a break around the holidays, which, they do. which out of the holidays seems to be the worst rushes in sports of COVID positives. Is this four-day break really going to be enough? Well, they already take a holiday break. It was already scheduled. They just expedited it by a couple of days. Right. Because they had already had so many cancellations anyway. So they were only going to miss five games. Right. So they canceled one today. They only had two games today. They canceled one. So this is the last game of the – and I think that they were praying, praying that an earlier tweet from earlier today, an earlier report that this one was in jeopardy because I think it's a premier matchup. You know what I mean? This is These are two teams that were expected to get to the Stanley Cup final the last two seasons, from the bubble to last year. So, um, anyway, I, I I think it – I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know if it is because I don't right. know – we don't know how severe these cases are. We don't know if they're asymptomatic. We don't know if they're, you know, if they're symptomatic, if they've come down with serious cases of COVID – we keep talking about the vaccination. We keep talking about how it is limiting the severity of COVID if you test positive. We saw the NFL take this stand where, okay, we're not going to test anybody that's been vaccinated. So I guess what they're saying is if you've been vaccinated, you're asymptomatic, you haven't come down with it, it's not severe, get out there and play. We're not going to, we're not, we don't want to know about it. So does the NHL take that route? I don't know. Um, how this will sort of – all these lists, they just didn't hit in the NHL. That's what people are saying. That, you know, I'm see, I've seen a lot of people gripe on social media across the board, from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook, and they're griping that the NHL uh, is, is falling prey to this and that, and they're making it political, and they're calling them sheep, and this, that, the other. And the bottom line is – these lists have been growing for a week or so now. It's it's been going. So by taking by just go ahead and, and, and stopping play tonight and taking the extra two days, you run its course, the teams check back in Sunday, they start back play Monday. By then, players can have gotten, you know, double, triple negative tests. And if they do come back, and if they're asymptomatic, who knows what decisions they're going to make behind closed doors. But a lot of the guys that started on this list a week or so ago, they will have had time. So, yes, I do think that it's enough time because we're looking at it like, wow, look at everybody that's on the list today, but they've been on the list. 
So they're going to come off that list. They would have been coming off. I think that they're just, you know, they're just starting the winter break a little bit sooner and hoping for the best. Let's give out more prizes courtesy of the Press Box, the Press Box Football Fan Prize Pack. Two tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl. That's on the 30th. That's next Thursday at the Al. You can get your own tickets at lvbowl.com. You get two tickets to the press, uh, check that, to the uh, Las Vegas Bowl and two tickets to see the movie National Champions. That's courtesy of our friends at AMC Theaters. Caller 7 right now. Caller 7 right now. Caller 7 right now. You're in for the Press Box Football Fan Prize Pack, 364-1100. This Wednesday is your day to air your grievances. It's your favorite show of the year on Cofield and Company, Festivus. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Rolling out on a Tuesday, we're going to get into the Broncos coming to town, take on... Your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, one of our guys in Denver from the fan is Judge Dan. But, Dan, I got to get the uh, latest on, is there finally a freaking TV breakthrough on the Nuggets, the Avs? Because it's one of those stories I don't think the rest of the country knows about, about how ridiculous this has been over the years. Well, there's hope for a breakthrough. So, yeah, I went down to – I'm the only guy in town. Like, I'm, I'm the big hit. I'm the talk of the town because I'm – I don't know why. None of the other media outlets, the Denver Post, none of the TV stations, I'm the only guy – in town that's covering this so now all the news reporters are coming to me but um i went down to the the federal judge demanded they come to court to talk to him last thursday and he got them to agree to go to a settlement conference with a pretty highly esteemed judge so it sounds like they they did agree to that today that was the breaking news today because uh comcast um is the cable provider out here altitude is the television network owned by Stan Kroenke, who owns the Avs and Nuggets. The Avs and Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, the MVP, the Avs, you know, f- you know, favored to win the Stanley Cup this year. The, of course, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights beat them out last year, but they were supposedly, you know, supposed to win the, you know, the Cup last year. They're two really good teams for the first time in a long time. We can't watch them. The most of the city cannot watch them, has not been able to watch them for over two years. So today, both sides agreed to go to a settlement conference. The odds are highly likely that they'll get a deal done. So hopefully, maybe even this season, we'll actually be able to watch our sports teams. Hey, that's a novel concept. <laughs> has Kroenke lost money over this? And if so, is he just like, I don't care. I'm so rich. It doesn't even matter to me. Well, the long game, he's playing the long game because I don't think people understand like how much money he actually made off this as opposed to, you know, you think about these, oh, well, normally you just sell the rights, the broadcast rights to like, you know, the regional sports network that's local. I think I estimate he's where he's made somewhere between minimum a half billion dollars up to three quarters of a billion to a billion dollars doing it this way, which he never would have made that type of money just selling it to the local AT&T Sportsnet or whatever. So he's made so much money doing it this way. He's fighting tooth and nail, even though he has no legal argument for this. He's made so much money. He doesn't want to give up. So he's going to try and you know hold on to the bitter end. But what about the kids of the Denver area? What right, about the does. what about yeah, the Stan kids, Kroenke. Dan? Yeah, Stan Kroenke. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Does Mark Davis care? You know, I mean, yes. Mark Davis probably yes. is a more caring guy. You could yes. say this. He Kroenke. is. He totally is. I'll tell you. The other night, 
Uh, my girlfriend treated me to a, a really nice event downtown. I went and watched a movie on the top of a parking garage. It was, it's a wonderful life. And I'll tell you, one of the first guys I thought of as I was watching Mr. Potter is Crunky. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of having a heart, I've never heard Steve Cofield refer to his girlfriend as his girlfriend. Normally, it's like some legal relationship. Yes, yes. My significant other, the, <laughs> the woman I cohabitate with. Yes. You actually called her your girlfriend, Steve. A little chip of the ice coming off the shoulder yes. there, Cofield. That's what my attorney, Justin Watkins, told me about 10 years ago when I got into this thing that uh, on the legal front, I want to protect myself, you know. Yes, uh, yes. I don't think I'm protected. She, she, she loves it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Judge Dan is with us, the fan in Denver. All right, before we get to what just happened to the Broncos and looking ahead to Broncos and Raiders, I got to get your reaction to what happened on Monday afternoons, it turned out, which is completely ridiculous. The NFL rescheduled the game. The Browns got no one back. They got one guy back. Uh, they were walking wounded, hobbled roster, and the Raiders had to go down to the bitter end to win the freaking game. What's your impression of the Raiders coming out of that game as they now move into a tie with the Broncos? Back to 7-7, seven and seven, baby. Well, here's the sad thing. So the Broncos and the Raiders both played the Browns in similar positions, right? The Browns were also decimated, although not by COVID, were decimated when they played each other. Although, I guess, technically, the Raiders got them when their third-string quarterback was playing. You know, the, the Broncos got the benefit of the Browns when, you know, Case Keenum was playing their second string. But the Browns pretty much rolled, even though the score was closer. The Browns rolled that game. It was never competitive, and the Broncos were never in it. We all thought that there was going to be massive firings. The whole staff was going to get fired after the Browns game when the Browns rolled the Broncos. At least the Raiders, uh, you know, it was a third-string quarterback. At least the Raiders got, you know, that improbable comeback and, you know, at the last minute, you know, got the field goal, which was looking a little dicey there. At least the Raiders found a way to get the victory. So, hey, yay. I mean, are you guys partying in the – were, were you guys partying in the streets last night? Not so much. I think there's some apprehension about uh, if the Raiders are going to come through. And the problem is they've had too many of these losses during the year, so they set themselves up now where they're behind the eight ball. Well, let's talk about the Broncos. First of all, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, actually, uh, had, he had to go to the hospital after the game right now. I know he's out. Uh, now he's in concussion protocol. What exactly happened? Well, he just, you know, this is funny because they actually wanted to, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, it was the Eagles game. The, uh, Melvin Gordon fumbled, and he didn't make a token effort to make a tackle and they were questioning his heart like they can't start for me rex ryan on a national broadcast was saying oh he can't play for me people were questioning teddy bridgewater's toughness which was a joke he, he's been there for this team this entire season they're they, you know, they've been a bad team and um so he he was it was just a routine play he kind of tried to hurdle somebody he got hit from behind and he just got knocked out cold it was more of a a collision with the ground. It wasn't dirty, really, anything like that. But he just got knocked out cold. He's he's not a, you know, a big guy anyway. And he was out. I mean, out, out. Really didn't come with you know get with it. They said reports still this morning. He sounded a lot better. And then um, and then the circus came in. It was Drew Lock, baby. Drew Lock came in. Nice touchdown. And then Drew Lock did what Drew Lock does. Um, and so. And the, the, the real circus was his press conference after the game, which is always entertaining as well. His post-loss press conferences out of Drew Locke, they're always fun. Well, let's start with what happened uh, towards the end of the game. They're in position to get the job done. Locke bringing him back, and he gets freaking stripped. 
Yeah, he's so if he hands the ball off, it's pretty much a walk-in touchdown. But he actually says this in his post-game presser. You'll love this, Cofield. He says, well, yeah, I should have handed the ball off. But can you imagine if I score that touchdown? <laughs> so he does it. It's RPO. He keeps it. And the defender just makes an incredible play, just strips him. And, the, you know, they the other team cover, recovers the ball. And the Broncos never recover. They just, they never kind of, they, they just get out of sorts. The Bengals get the ball and just kind of salt the game away. And Drew Locke, brutal honesty after the game is like, yeah, I just always want to do too much. I know I shouldn't. I'm a runner, but can you imagine if I would have scored that touchdown? Like he, he admits I'm video game Drew. I'm playing for glory. It's, it's real life Madden out there. That's what he admits it. Is that a lock problem or is that a coaching problem? How is that coaching? I mean, you can't coach stupid. I think you can coach common sense in dealing with the media, and you just don't say stuff like that. Well, I mean, he he was – it just slipped out. I mean, yeah. and, and Drew isn't – my problem with Drew up till yesterday had, all, had been he had often said the right things and always done the dumb things repeatedly. He had said the right things. I got to do this, blah, 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 blah. It was always lip service. And he would go out and do repeated, you know, uh, not find the right guy. You know, last year, you got to remember, most inaccurate quarter, starting quarterback in the league and turnover, you know, turnover machine. He would say the right things and do the exact same mistakes over and over and over again. He didn't repeat bad, be- you know, uh, fixes bad behavior. He, he just never changes. He's just the same guy. He's like a right. wind-up doll, like, the, you know, the monkey that clangs his hands together. That's him. It's Drew Locke. And he's never going to change. All right, so we get you know a little loose lips after the game, you know, less than discipline, and and uh, it's fun, you know, and saying what he probably shouldn't say on the field. Though Tim Patrick, after they score a touchdown, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, the level of dysfunction on this team. I mean, well, look who I'm talking to. You know, I'm talking to uh, you know the Las right. Vegas Raiders guy covering, the, I mean, guy covering the Raiders exactly. Right. Yeah, but I mean the 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 level of dysfunction on this team. That's why you know we still we're still having this discussion right about Aaron Rodgers. If we're, we're if we could just get Aaron Rodgers, we we can win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, guys, you are kidding yourself. You know, if we are not a quarterback, just a quarterback away. One, we need new ownership, which thankfully we will be getting. But it, it starts, you know, Vic Fangio, he's got to go. The whole staff has to go. We, we need a culture change from the top on down. So all these things, none of this is surprising. We have these, you know, it goes back years from to Aqib Tlaib snatching chains you know, from, from your guys, from your guys' receivers, it just not once, but twice, yeah. you know, the timeout situations repeatedly with Vic Fangio, we're still talking about timeouts yesterday in yesterday's game. And you guys know we bailed you guys out at the end of last season, not once, but twice for you guys to win the game end the season ender last year. Yeah. It just never changes here in Denver. And, but here we are again. I, you know, I said, it's a roller coaster because we're seven and seven, but here we go into Another game where now you guys are beatable, yep. right? We can't beat the Bengals. Last week, the week before that, we played the Lions and we got the win. Now we go against the Las Vegas Raiders, who I, normally before this season, I'm like, there's no way we win this game. But, you know, look at where you guys are. Let's <laughs> exactly. talk about that. Exactly. The Raiders struggle to beat. I mean, this there's no way the Bengal, or excuse me, the Browns, uh, not the Browns, but uh, yeah, the Browns should have been in the game last night. However, 
you guys struggled mightily. And I know you guys don't in the media, you don't like when I say you guys, but there's no way the Raiders should have struggled so hard to beat, you know, the, the third string, the fourth string, however you want to call it, the decimated Browns team. But that's the way it was. Yep. So I don't know, Steve, what do you think is going to happen with this game? Well, someone's got to make these playoffs and someone has to win this game. And I, I want to go back for a second because you were saying you guys, um, I will I will say the difference right now between Denver and Vegas is big in terms of football fandom. The Raiders just got here. So there's there's no like grand allegiance around the Valley yet. That's going to take 15 or 20 years. Raider Nation obviously comes into town for the games. But I, I know that Denver is a passionate football city and they really care about the Broncos. And my Lord, I got to play off a couple of things in Mark Kisla's column. Um, one of his early lines was, the only thing the Broncos are really good at is ripping the hearts out of the people who love them the most. Uh, and he is obviously calling for a complete regime change. Is it that hardcore? Do the fans get that into it where they're that upset when their team is losing? You know what's funny is I do recall, and I bring this up from time to time, when you and I first started working together, uh, you, me, and Brandon Tierney, uh, tyranny said to me, he's like, kid, you don't get it. Okay. We're from New York and <laughs> it's all it. we talk about. I mean, you get in a cab and you talk to a cab driver and he'll know more about the Yankees starting rotation than you'll ever know about your Broncos or whatever. Is it like that? I mean, it's oh, I, think, I think Dan, I, I think it's a lot closer than tyranny ever knew. Now, Brandon is now on WFAN. Brandon and I like him, and he was doing national. New York is very insular. They have no idea what the F goes on around the rest of the country. Now, again, I'm not going to say, like, L.A. cares about like, – isn't a defense of the Mountain and Pacific time zone from every different city. But from what I've observed, Denver freaking cares as much as any NFL city. Their fans are into it. Hell, well, your, radio, your radio stations – I mean, some of the stations are like, that's all we're doing. Like, year-round, that's all we're doing is Broncos. Well, well, let me tell you this. Um, now, do we love the Broncos? We support the Broncos. I mean, it's famous. We, people painted their houses in 77 when they went to the Super Bowl. Interestingly enough, um, 9,000, when the playoffs were on the line, 9,000 no-shows. It's apathy. When they're not good, it's, it's apathy. Is And people are upset, but we're just not rude people. We're just not jerks. We're really nice people. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem. Now, as far as sports radio goes, here's the issue. You know, the, our, the station I'm on, the fan, I was, I, I've been there pretty much for 25 years. You know, I did go to law school and stuff, but we, we didn't really explode until we had a program director that came along and figured out that's all you talk about. And our, if we stop talking Broncos, the audience just falls way off. So this town is a Bronco town, tried and true. You know, the point I was making is we're just not rude. We just, it's just not like we can't get up and go to work. You know, some cities it's like you can't even get up and go to work the next day right. if your team loses. We're not like that. We're nice people. We're good folk. But we support winners, any team. Yeah, if the Avalanche is, you know, we'll sell out them for 10 straight years if they're good. Um, but if, you know... We, we support winners no matter no matter what the sport. We're, we're a tried-and-true Bronco town no matter what, though. I saw that Kisla also went after uh, Beth and Brittany Bolin, saying uh, an embarrassment to their late father's legacy, disservice to all paying customers who have paid their hard-earned money to support the Broncos. Where are we now with ownership? Where is it going to go? I mean, that was a, that's kind of an unfair shot. Um, they never – Beth had never had a control – 
I mean, the, the, the problem with ownership was there was a trust that was highly conflicted that was put in place. You and I have talked about this on your show before. You had three people that were in a trust that were in charge of deciding who got to be the next owner. They're also, their jobs were working for the team. So they had to fire themselves to decide who gets to be the next owner. It's like, Steve, you get to decide uh, something important, but you have to, you know, fire yourself from the radio station to uh, accomplish that goal. Are you going to be in a big (laughs) rush to fire yourself, Steve? Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. So where we are, though, is finally, after Roger Goodell got dragged into a deposition during this lawsuit, um, he said, you know, the league said, we're not having this anymore. Uh, you're going to get fined $10 million if it's not done basically by March. So they'll have, a t- you know, a new owner after the season. They said, we'll, we'll sell the team. It's either either going to be 5% chance it'll go to the youngest, um, Bowen daughter, Brittany. Uh, probably not her. Probably get sold to somebody else. Uh, the, the latest thing, Jason Lock and Fora wrote an article saying, uh, Peyton Manning has been talking with the groups that have already been vetted and Peyton Manning could be, he would boost any potential group that he gets put in with lumped in with. Obviously he doesn't have the type of coin that would allow him to, you know, on his own own a team, but he would be, you know, kind of the face, you know, kind of like, you know, magic did with the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, be the face of a team and he could go in and, and be in the front office. So he's putting it, you know, his name is percolating again, but it's going to be done, you know, probably March, April, whenever, and then it'll be they'll be fully in by next the start of next season. Dan, let's close on this. Dan Jacobs, the fan. Judge Dan, he's part of our legal podcast when we do it. Um, prediction down the stretch here. Broncos go one and two. Can they go two and one? Can they go three and oh? Now, keep in mind, we've got a game scheduled for this Sunday. You hope it goes off on Sunday. Now with COVID, who the hell knows? That's Raiders and Broncos. And that's the other thing to take into account and this is where this whole thing's a guessing game. The Chargers and Chiefs could be susceptible down the stretch. We're seeing it with the Chargers on Monday. Uh, Bosa announced out. He's unvaccinated, so I, I don't know. His teammates must be like, dude, what? Are you, how many games are you going to miss? You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Eckler is now questionable for the game. Corey Lindsley is questionable for the game. The Chiefs have their issues. So what do you think the Broncos are going to do down the stretch here? They're not going 0-3, right? They're going to win at least one of these games. Well, again, COVID's always the wild card. I believe they'll probably beat the Raiders because I just I don't have any confidence in in, in the, the Raiders right now. I just I just don't. I, normally, I would have. Normally, the Raiders are the better team. They always beat the Broncos. Um, Derek Carr just does very well against them. They have recently. Wow. But I, the I, Drew Lock led Broncos could beat the Raiders here. Wow. Yeah, I just I th- and I think they will. Um, so I, but. COVID aside, I think the the Chiefs and the Chargers will be playing for something, and they're that much better than the Broncos. I don't know, but I don't know how the Chargers lost to the Broncos a few weeks ago. I don't know how it happens. This year, the crazy things happen. Wacky things happen. I don't think the Broncos have anything left in the tank, though. Like, here in our town, on our airwaves, it was like, fire Vic Fangio, fire Vic Fangio, fire Vic Fangio. Like, everybody... You, you want to talk about, we were talking a few minutes ago about like how mad the fan base is. Like everybody is disgusted. Everybody is done. Everybody is like, it is over. We are sick and tired of this. Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer have to go. 
I don't think there's anything left. There's no more spinning. Like up until now, with the stupid, you know, this mediocrity of always being in contention for the playoffs, they scored ten points at home. Like they had no shot to win a game when they only gave up fifteen points, and the playoffs were on the line. So now I just I, I don't think they have anything left in the tank. So I just I have a hard time winning outside of exceptional circumstances with COVID or something like that. Outside of you know probably and I don't even know that they beat the Raiders, but probably beating the Raiders, that you know they go one and two. All right, Dan, we appreciate it. There he is, Dan Jacobs, the fan in Denver. Giveaway time three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Let's give away more of that VIP treatment at Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club, the spot for the best after party following the Raiders games. It's right across the street from the stadium. You call in right now. Ari's going to hook you up with free entry for yourself and your friends and a table and a bucket. It's all at Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club. Awesome after party following the home games. Dozens of the most beautiful women in Las Vegas. Full kitchen. Happy hour drink specials. It is the place to be. What a way to celebrate the holidays this Sunday following the LVR game. If you don't win one of the VIP treatment packs, you show up with ticket in hand and you are in for free. Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club VIP treatment. Ari's going to hook you up. 364-1100. The big day is this Wednesday. Cofield and Company's Festivus on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, we got some movement in the NFL games as the Eagles just came back from a 10-0 deficit to take a 17-10 lead. Jalen Hurts with a touchdown. So 12 and a half left in these Tuesday, well, in this one Tuesday, uh, National Football League game. Eagles 17 to 10, and the Rams are actually losing to Seattle. DJ Dallas with a touchdown a couple minutes ago. Eight minutes left in the third in that one. 10-3 as Matt Stafford just threw a uh, pass to move the Rams into Seattle territory. Let's go into the grab bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, Willie. Are you just... Looking for updates every couple of minutes here about what's going on at T-Mobile. Willie's at T-Mobile. Ari and I are in the Finley Toyota studio. Can, can the Lightning and the Knights make it to the finish line and play a game tonight? They just put up on the jumbo no! truck. 50, point, 50 minutes and 50 seconds okay. countdown right. to pregame. They got a nice they have a nice scene Woo. on the jumbotron of a fireplace with the Christmas tree. The vivas were warming up earlier. The ushers are in place. There are fans filing into the stands. Media's showing up. I think we're going to have an NHL game. Not I'm too bad. I'm worried. I think you just jinxed it. No. Can we just can we just play a game? There's a, there's only there are only three people, from what I've seen, that are on the COVID list. Two from the Golden Knights, one from the Tampa Bay Lightning. That just came down. So, Petrangelo, Dadnoff are out, and Tampa Bay head coach John Cooper Ooh. is on the list. That's not good. Yeah. So, um, his assistant will run the show. 
Derek Lalonde. He'll run the forward lines. Um, that first was broke by uh, Eduardo Encino, covers the Lightning. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, this is going to be – I think this is going to be somewhat of an exclamation point for the Golden Knights after a five-game run that started, if you remember – with a big question mark on whether or not it could handle the Calgary Flames, right. which was the surprise team atop the Pacific Division, did its job. The Golden Knight or the Vegas did its job. Then it went on the road and won four, two tough ones against winning teams. Now it earns 22 goals during a five-game win streak for the Golden Knights. Now the Lightning have won two of their last three, but not too impressively offensively. Big goaltender matchup, Vasilevsky versus Leonard. Um, Tampa Bay's been, of course, without its big superstar, Kucherov. So, I, uh, you know, considering considering what the Golden Knights have, Stone practiced today. He skated during morning skate. He was seen on the ice. Um, uh, the Golden Knights have a really big shot here to put an exclamation point just before the holidays, back home, in front of the home crowd. This now being the finale instead of Thursday against the Kings. Um, and it should be, as I mentioned earlier, a very big game mentally for them considering how big of a matchup that this is supposed to have been or that everyone anticipated the last two Stanley Cup Finals. Willie, we're going to do one final giveaway from the uh, press box prize closet. Thanks to the guys in the morning for wrangling up these prizes. Two tickets to see the Golden Knights and the Ducks. Come on! Please work! The little COVID break. Let's come back. Not have any more cancellations. Please! VGK and the Ducks at T-Mobile. New Year's Eve. How about that? Let's do it. Caller 7364-1100. Ari's going to hook you up. Festivus is tomorrow. I've already heard some people saying they're going to call in and blast Ari. Don't do it right now because he's going to give you a prize. Tomorrow could be ugly. It could be the end of Festivus. Maybe we get no calls. Who knows? You can call the hotline and leave a message if you can't get in live. Tomorrow, we're going to be taking calls in the middle of the show. 473-0050 is the number you call right now. You leave a recorded message, and you will get on the show. And then we go live tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Festivus, baby! Air your grievances!